Well, hey, everybody, welcome to Church Online. Hey, we're honored you're here with us. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're in a series we've called Reruns. We've done this for the last nine years here at Cultivate Church. And uh, every August we get together and we get to watch some television shows, some of our favorite reruns uh, that we've seen over the years. And this, this month, we're in week, today we're in week three of this month. Week one, we watched Young Sheldon. It's a funny show. It's a spinoff of The Big Bang Theory. Uh, last week, we got to watch Welcome to Flatch. I don't know. That was probably new for many of you. Such a funny, funny television show. And uh, Today, we're going to watch The Middle. What I love about being able to do this is, is we get to just pull gospel principles out of all of our favorite television shows. We get to laugh. We believe God's got a sense of humor. and We get to laugh and have a good time. And I would encourage you to be a part physically. Maybe uh, you're tuning in for one reason or another. I would encourage you to join us next week at 9 or 10.15 at one of our campuses, Columbiana or here in Alabaster. Uh, it's, there's nothing like meeting physically together. As much as we enjoy being able to meet this way, there's just nothing quite like being in the room. So I would encourage you to be a part of that. Well, today we're going to watch The Middle, like we just said. and uh, It's a show that premiered in 2009 on ABC, and it follows a family, uh, really a dysfunctional family, in Orson, Indiana. And today we're going to talk about really all of our differences. Did you know this? As different as we all are, one thing that we've all got in common is that we all lead busy, hectic lives. Many of you are probably tuning in right now because your busy life is just full of opportunities to fill up a calendar. I remember last year, 2021, we were building a new campus here at our Alabaster location, and I spent much of that year working early mornings till late in the evening, and life was hectic. It was just chaotic, and you throw in kids' schedules to the mix and church, actual church in the mix and all the other things that go along with life, there's just not a lot of room to do many things. And maybe you find yourself in that same scenario in your life. You've done such a good job at being busy. You've done such a good job at filling up the calendar. It just seems like at times it's hard to really focus on what's important. Many times we think the calendar is the most important, all the stuff that we get wrapped up in. Well, today we're going to see in, the, in our episode that being too busy oftentimes lands us in a trap. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to dive into the first scene of our episode today. Father, we love you. We're grateful for your word today that it's alive and breathing. We ask in Jesus' name that you just show up right where we are. Meet us where we are today. God, do what only you can do in our hearts. God, let us walk away from this message inspired to live our life on purpose in a way that honors you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, check out scene number one. From the outside, you can see we're just your average family. Sure, we're a little disorganized. Is that the garbage truck? What time is it? Ugh. Mike, did you take out the trash? It's Axel's turn. <sighs> trash day! Bring out the trash! Come on, guys, move! Trash truck's a block away! Okay, okay. I know it probably looks a little insane to be so nuts about trash day, but see, due to recent cutbacks, trash pickup only happens once every two weeks. If you miss it, you're screwed. under there i'm tired of sleeping with axel his bed's always squeaking i want my own room how long have you been sleeping under there a month 
All right, whatever. Just get rid of your trash. No, I don't understand why nobody obeys the chore chart. Axel was supposed to take out the garbage. Sue was supposed to clean up last night. I and mean, why do we even bother making a chore chart if nobody pays any attention to it? There's nothing on it. Yeah, because I haven't bought the dry erase markers yet. But it's all up here, and you're supposed to remember what I told you. I swear I spent my whole life cleaning up other people's crap. Ow. Oh, hi. I'm sorry. Are you all right? Hey, guys, the truck's passing the Donahues. Mom hit me with a beer bottle. What? Rick, don't tell people that. It sounds horrible. No, I was tossing it to Sue and Brick got in the way. Let me see that. No, you're fine. He's all right? Yeah, barely even a scratch. It's not bleeding or anything. I'm sorry, honey. Darn, but I wanted a Band-Aid. Can I put a Band-Aid on it anyway? I want to use the new Super Mario ones. Super Mario. OK, that's fine, honey. Mike, come on. We can do this. We can do this. We did it. We made it. So life in the heck house is hectic, isn't it? Unorganized, messy, overwhelming. I think it's funny that there's so much going on that they didn't even recognize that their youngest kid was living under the table for an entire month. We've all been there. Maybe you haven't found your kid living under a table for an entire month, but we've all been in circumstances where life was just so busy that things got overlooked. It's easy to get caught up in the cares of life. The Bible actually warns us about it. Check it out right here in Luke chapter 21, verse 34. The Bible says to be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. Maybe you're there. What's going on in your life that has just caught up? You're just caught up with the anxieties of life. Work has just gotten overwhelming. Relationships, overwhelming. Your schedule, overwhelming. There's so much going on that really it's just kind of caught up with us. It's like a trap. There's nowhere to go. There's no breathing room in the schedule. There's no breathing room relationally in life. When we get so caught up in the stuff of life, we're setting ourselves up for a trap just like the scriptures say. What does your life look like right now? What kind of trap are you setting for yourself with this overwhelming schedule of life? So many things going on that we can't really see straight. In scene number two, as a matter of fact, we see because of the busyness that they've allowed to take over their lives, they set a trap for themselves in the middle of trash pickup. They didn't even see it coming. Take a look at what happens in the school when Mike gets called in for a conference. I'm Brickhead's dad. What do you do this time? We get his lunch. We're in kind of a hurry this morning. What's going on here? You tell me. I hear your wife got a little rough with your son this morning. What? Are you joking? You guys strippers or something? No, I'm afraid not. We got a call from the hall monitor. He said that your, your son told him that his mother hit him with a beer bottle. Hi, Dad. Guys, this is all a huge misunderstanding. It was an accident. Relax, Mr. Heck. Just stay calm. When parents are stressed, lapses in judgment can occur. Tell me about it. We should never have let Brick anywhere near the first aid kit. 
tiny. It's not even a scratch. Here, unwrap and show him. Sir, we can't allow you to talk directly to your son. What? Is this for real? Oh, it was for real, all right. It started with a bandage and then just snowballed from there. It didn't help that there was a new hall monitor at school. Hey, buddy. What happened to your arm? I'm not supposed to tell. What do you mean? My mom says I'm not supposed to tell. Well, if something happened at home, you have to tell a grown-up. Okay. My mom hit me with a beer bottle. She was mad, my dad was mad, and I always get in the way. You can see how this sounded. Everyone could see how it sounded, except Brick. And once a teacher hears something like that, he's legally required to report it. Now, I realize this may be uncomfortable for you to talk about, Mr. Heck, but has your wife ever been physically abusive to you? No. No, of course not. <laughs> I might get your message. Hi, honey. Look, at see how little she is. T take your shoes off, hon. Oh. Sorry, Mom. You told me not to tell, but I told. Don't be mad. Mad? No. Why would I be mad? I am never mad. Never, ever, ever. This is a huge misunderstanding. The beer bottle hit him when I tossed it gently. Just oh, so gently. And do you often drink in the morning? No, I think that was my husband's beer bottle. Mr. Heck, you're the one who drinks in the morning? No, God, this is ridiculous. Look, hey, you know what? We have a teenage son that is a huge pain in the butt. Don't you think if we wanted to abuse somebody, we would have abused him? Officer McCoy, if I could please step in here. I've known this family for years. Years and years and years. And although they don't help with fundraisers, we work, or Teacher Appreciation Day, or the back-to-school picnic, they are a good family. Well, since the principal feels so strongly about this, we'll release him back into your custody. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so we're all done here? Everything's cleared up? Oh, no, you're in the system now. A social worker will be coming by your house to make an official evaluation. Wow. So the trap's been sprung, and now <laughs> the family's in a lot of trouble. They had, had the family spent just a little more time focusing on the things that really mattered. The whole chaotic morning really could have been avoided. Come on, we've all been there. I don't know about you, but I've woken up on trash day and realized that I had forgotten the trash. And not only did I forget it this week, but I had forgotten it the week before. Trash was overflowing. And we scrambled just like the Hex have scrambled to try to get all the trash out to the road. We've all been there. Maybe it wasn't trash, but maybe it was something different. Life just got in the way. And you're running, and you're moving, and you're going, and you get miles down the road before you've forgotten something or you realize you didn't do this or you did do that wrong. We've all been there. They, they sprung a trap for themselves. In all the hectic chaos of the morning, they ended up making a mistake, didn't they? Aren't we guilty of all of this at times? Come on, we all let all of this get in, in the way of what really matters in our life. Even when the warning signs are there, we tend to ignore them. Even when there's stop signs in our way, oftentimes we're so focused on just getting to the end result, we don't really see the warning signs in our life. People did this in the Bible as well. Check this out in Matthew 24 and 38. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day that Noah entered the ark. Think about that for a moment. You can read back in the book of Genesis and you can see where God warned Noah. 
He said, I'm going to flood the earth. And he told Noah to build an ark, to build a boat. And for over a hundred years it took him to build this boat, Noah warned everyone. And when you know it, everybody thought Noah was a maniac. It had never rained before. Nobody ever knew what that looked like. They didn't even seen a boat. And here Noah is doing this new thing and warning everyone that the judgment of God was coming, and yet they still ignored him. They focused on everything else other than the call of God for humanity. They focused on everything else other than the purpose in actually create, that they were actually created for. We do that so many times in our own lives. Did you know if you're breathing today, if you're here, you have a purpose. God's placed you on this earth for a reason. And can I give you a little hint? It's not to be caught up in the rat race of life. God didn't design us to be so consumed with our calendars, to be so consumed with life around us that there was no margin to be able to hear the voice of God in your life. Some of us, we have so many things going on and we're so consumed with the things going on around us that there's just no margin. There's no margin for prayer. There's no margin for worship. There's no margin for community. There's no margin for, for, for church. There's no margin for serving those around you. We're so consumed with our, sef- our selfish uh, ambitions and that many of us have set a trap just like the hex. And if we're not there already, we're going to find ourselves in trouble because we never actually went the direction that God wanted us to go. What does life look like for you today? Is that where you are? Can you look around at your life right now? Look at the schedules of your weeks Is there so much chaos, so much stuff stuffed into your life that there's just no margin for him? In scene number three, I guess you could say it started raining for the hex. You ever heard the old phrase, when it rains, it pours? Let's see what happens next as we prepare for a visit from child services. You know all those times you wished someone would come and take your kids away? Well, the reality isn't really as great as the fantasy. So, the social worker's coming tomorrow afternoon for the home visit. So, if I tell the social worker that you hit me too, does that mean that I can, like, trade up to a better foster family? Shut up, shut up, shut up! They're gonna split us up! They're gonna take us away! Relax, nobody's taking anybody anywhere. This is a formality so they can sign their paperwork. We're gonna answer their questions, Brick's gonna tell them what really happened, and they're gonna see what a normal family we really are. Can I have dinner here in my room tonight? And at that moment, it dawned on us that our future rested in Brick's hands. God help us. So Brick, your dad and I thought it might be fun to have a little practice run at some of the questions the social worker might ask you. Sprinkles? Okay. There you go. So, for example, uh, what would you say if she asked you if your mom ever hits you? Not deliberately. Okay, that's a good answer. But you know what's a good answer, too? No. Just, no. No is good. Keep it brief. Keep it simple. Okay, I'll just tell her whatever you tell me I should say. But... Well, you wouldn't want her to think that we're coaching you. But aren't you coaching me? What, this? No. (laughs) This isn't coaching. (laughs) No, we're just practicing. Okay, so to recap, if she asks you if we were coaching you, you would say... Yes. Gosh, you know, I think you could say no for that question, too. What do you think? I'm liking no as a go-to answer. So you're telling me to lie? Okay. No, no, no. 
Nobody is telling you to lie. I think we're just bending the immediate truth just a teeny, teeny bit to get to the truth that is the true truth. You understand? No. You don't. I don't know, but you said no is my go-to answer. Can I go watch TV now? Sure. What do you think? I hope he goes to a nice family. So the day of the social worker visit had arrived, and we all pulled together to make a good impression. How do I look? But Axel, take it off! <laughs> Don't hit me. Not funny, Axel. Not funny. Hey, why are you crying? I'm just so scared. Honey, I'm going to give you a piece of advice that my dad gave me once. He said, son, stuff those feelings down. Stuff them down, and eventually they'll go away. And I have not cried since. OK, what do you think? Shades open or closed? No, closed looks like we're hiding something. Open, open. <gasps> oh my god, the raccoon tore into the garbage that never got picked up. Sue, get out there and clean that up. Okay, where is the Bible? I want to put it on the coffee table. You know, we don't have a real book anywhere, just People magazine. Mike, quick, turn all the TVs to PBS. What channel is that? I don't know. She's here. Welt on your head, not now. Okay, don't swell up, Sue. Don't swell. What are we gonna do? It's very nice to meet you. It's very nice to meet you, too. Her head gets cold. <laughs> it's so nice to have you here really yes, it's, it's very nice i'm sorry go ahead what no 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 you that was your no you go ahead i interrupted it's <clears throat> my fault please honey you go <laughs> thank you dear it's just nice to have you here <clears throat> it really is can i get you something to drink no i'd love some herbal tea oh no i don't have herbal tea i mean i, I know it's good for you but i just don't like it i'm so sorry i'm so so sorry i don't have herbal tea Honestly, it's okay. Look, don't worry. It's it's better if everyone just stays relaxed, okay? So I'm gonna need to speak with each member of the family individually. Great. That sounds great. We're not nervous. <laughs> so, how many hours a day would you say that you spend together as a family? <laughs> just about every chance we get. We love spending time together. We're together all the time. Two. I, I don't know. What's... What's the right answer? So what are foster families like? Are there any with, like, in-ground pools, or...? Would you say that you drink alcohol on a regular basis? No! <laughs> oh, no, not at all. Hardly ever. Three times a week? More, if the Colts are losing? I just love my family so much. Are there any foster families available with cute teenage girls? Because they wouldn't be considered my sisters, right? Does your wife ever get angry? Uh, 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 and what do you do as a family for fun? Oh, uh, biking, canoeing, visiting ancient Native American historical sites and looking for arrowheads. Watch TV. Watch TV. Watch TV? 
is up next. Yep, our future was in his hands. Rick, would you like to show me to your room? Okay. <coughs> Let me show you the room that I share with my brother. Boy, it's been a long time. I wonder how Brick's doing in there. Do not start to cry again, Sue. I swear I will... Thank you, Brick. It was very nice to meet you, too. Oh, you done already? We were just reading some Bible verses. How did it go? I told her everything that you told me to... I mean the truth. Well, I want to thank you all for your honesty and candor. I think I have everything I need, so I will be contacting you shortly. Um, excuse me. <laughs> I know you can't tell us anything official right now, but... I'm sorry, Mrs. Heck. I'm not able to discuss anything at this time until I file my report. I understand. Of course. Um, so... It was lovely to meet you. Okay. It's funny, but... You don't remember me, do you? Uh, should I? Well, we went out, like, two or three times. It was years ago. Anyway, I really liked you, but you never called me back. Oh, well, it's nice to see you again. All right, I guess we can all relate to that, right? As the Hex are preparing and they're trying to do, they realize they've kind of set a trap for themselves, they're trying to reset. They're doing everything that they can. They're doing the very best that they can to do everything just right. The house was clean and in order. They had fresh flowers on the kitchen table. They were practicing what they were going to say to make sure they were saying the right things. <laughs> they wanted the Bible out on the open, and they wanted the TV on PBS. They wanted to project to the world, all of the sudden, that they had it all together. Sometimes we all think that if we can just look the part or play the part, everything will be better. Come on, you've been guilty of that. I've been guilty of that. No matter how chaotic it looks, as long as it looks to them, no matter how chaotic it actually is, as long as it looks like it's okay, then we're okay with it. We try everything within us to get it all just right. The problem is that no matter how hard we try, we just don't have the power to do it. We don't have the ability to get it right in our own strength. The Bible talks about it. Paul talks about it often in Romans chapter 7. He says that he tries to do the right things, that he wants to do the right thing. He has the greatest intention to do the right thing. He said, but no matter how hard he tries, he can't seem to get it right. Look at what the Bible says in the message version, chapter 7, verse 24. I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one that can help me? Is there no one that can do anything for me? Isn't this the real question? Paul said, I'm at the end of my rope. No matter how hard I try, I want to do the right thing, but I inevitably end up doing the wrong thing. Maybe you're like this in my family. We'll clean our house and we go, th we go through this every few weeks and everything will be spotless. Everything has a place. Everything's in its place. And it just doesn't take long in the chaos of life and now that school has started back for the house just to get out of order. 
for things just to be thrown around the house, shoes to be out of place, dishes to be in the sink. The house just gets out of order. And every now and then we just have to get right back and focus and everything right back in order. But no matter how hard we seem to try, it always seems to get itself out of order again. You know why I think that? I think humanity in general, by and large, we are gravitate, we gravitate toward mediocrity. We just gravitate away from excellence. We gravitate away from doing things the right way. And at times we need to reset. And Paul recognized that the, actually there's no ability to actually reset apart from Jesus. There's no way that we can actually do it and sustain it in our own strength. And I believe the truth is that many of us are trying to sustain our lives in our own strength. We're trying to sustain everything and keep everything. And as long as everything looks good and is, is projected good out there, then I will do what I can to manage what's going on in here. The, the truth of that is you can't do it. And as long as you're trying to manage everything in here by yourself, alone, away from the power of the Holy Spirit and away from the community that God's placed in your life, you're always going to lead it to a detrimental place. Let's see the last scene together. We reach this point in life and we have two choices. Either quit and give up or we keep fighting until we find a solution. And that's exactly what happens in the next scene. Check this out. You dated our social worker? I don't even remember. Oh, wait. She could have been the one that liked Duran Duran and was always touching my face. Man, she got old. How could you not have called her back? What's wrong with her? She's attractive. She's smart. You should have called, Mike. You should have called. I didn't call her because I met you and I liked you better. Well, if this whole thing goes south, it's on your head. Frankie, she doesn't seem like the vindictive type. Clearly, you know nothing about women. Any scorned woman would kill for this chance. We are screwed. I tried for days to go through proper channels, but I couldn't wait any longer. Mike might not have pursued her, but I sure was gonna. Hi. I'd like to see Carol Berry, please. Is she expecting you? Is anyone ever really expecting anyone? And should we be? I mean, isn't being surprised the most fun? So that's a no. No appointment, no seeing. Now, you can call our 1-800 number. Uh, no, you really can't, because I tried and... Can I just use your bathroom? Employees only. Oh, I... <laughs> nervous bladder. I, I have a doctor's note. I... Go, go. Miss Barry? Yes? Hi, it's Frankie Heck. Hi. May I help you? Uh, well, I, I just wanted to explain um, why my husband, Mike, never called you back. I mean, I'm sure you have been wondering about it all these years, because clearly you are lovely, and he liked you. He really did. It's just that the timing just wasn't right, because, you see, we met going up to the Indy 500, and, um, well, to tell you the truth, um, I slept with him on the second date, which I never really do. But, you know, I was a nice girl then, as were you. I mean, obviously, because you didn't put out. 
good for you. So I just hope that all of this doesn't make you think differently about my family, because... Frankie. I got over your husband a long time ago. Thank God. <laughs> well, you should count your blessings, because believe me, he really is no picnic to live with. <laughs> but he's a good dad. Oh, such a great dad. Frankie, I'm not supposed to tell you any information until the report is filed. But you're fine. We are. Do you have any idea the kind of crazy families I see in my job? Trust me, meeting yours was the best part of my week. My month. Really? Really. As soon as I file my report with my supervisor, your case will be officially closed, and then you can go on with your life. Thank you. Oh, I'm so sorry to have bothered you. I promise you I will not bother you again. Actually, that was a lie. I couldn't go home without actually seeing it in writing. I don't think I ever knew what relief meant until that moment. There was an upside to all that happened, though. I had written proof that I was a good parent. And believe me, it came in handy. Oh, I cannot believe that you all let me go car skiing. It's safe. There's a spotter car that follows right behind. Oh, my God. You're the worst mom ever. Really? State of Indiana seems to disagree. Yep, it was good to have it in writing. All right, we see this, don't we? That Frankie knew that she could never rest until she went straight to the source of her comfort. The social worker held the keys of all of her relief. And it wasn't until she reached her that she found peace. You see, the Bible says in Romans 7, 24, the question was asked, is there no one that can do anything for me? Remember that? Frankie found her solution. And my question is, have you found your solution? Romans 7, it gives us the answer. The answer is, thank God, it is through Jesus Christ. He can and He does. Thank God is that Jesus Christ can and He does. What's your source of peace? What's your source of hope? Can I tell you that no matter how chaotic life seems right now, Jesus is our source of peace. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you peace. I will give you hope. Can I tell you this? The only hope in this world can be found in Jesus. No matter what you're walking through, no matter what you're going through, my encouragement to you today is let's not let the busyness of, busyness of life set a trap for us. Let's not put our priorities in place away from Jesus, but let's put our priorities all around Jesus. Is he the center of our life? Is he first in our life? Does God get our first? Does he get our mornings? Does he get, our, does, does he get attention when we wake up? Does he get attention throughout the day? I can tell you the secret to my life is that whenever Jesus is central to my life, when he's the central focus to my life, everything else seems to fall into place. What I mean by that is when he's the center, when he's the center of my calendar, that I place, in our family, we place the house of God first. 
that no matter what, we're going to find time to be in community with people and worship with people and share the word of God with people. We're going to pray with people. We're going to serve one another. We're going to serve our community. When those things get placed on the calendar first, it, it leaves margin for everything else. But I can tell you this, if you, if you continue to allow culture to control your calendar, if you continue to allow culture to control your relationships, if you continue to allow it to control your life, there will never be margin for anything else in your life. You'll always be living in a state of chaos. You'll always be living in a state of just trying to scramble and get things together. Come on, that's not God's best for your life. God came to give you peace. God came to give you rest. He said, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. If we're scrambling and we're frustrated and there's anxiety, we're doing it wrong. Maybe you're here today and that's been your life. And you need the peace of God that can pass understanding to guard your heart and your mind. I would invite you to a relationship with Jesus. It begins with Him. The Bible says that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Come on, you're not the only one. We've all been there. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've missed the mark. We've allowed the chaos of life to consume us to where we had no room for God. But today I'm inviting you to lay all of that down at the foot of the cross and pick up Jesus. You would simply say, Father, forgive me of my sin. I'm so sorry that I've done it in my own strength. I've tried to do this in my own abilities. But Father, today I realize I've fallen short. And so, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you as my Lord. I pray that you get all the glory out of my life. From this day forward, I'm going to live a changed life. There's margin placed in my life for the power of God. Thank you, Father, for changed lives. And God, I pray for our church today. God, all of those tuning in, God, I pray that, God, that, we would, that we would specifically set aside time for you, that there would be margin in our lives for the power and the presence of God, and that, God, you would get all of the glory and all the honor out of that. In Jesus' name.